welcome to the Adventist Healthcare and You podcast. I'm Shanna, and usually I'm joined with Nimit, but he couldn't make it today, but he'll be joining us again in future podcasts. So today it's just me, but I'm actually joined with Dr. Daisy Lazarus. She is um, a cardiologist and a women's heart specialist. She is the director of our women's cardiology program here at Adventist Healthcare, has been with us for about seven years. Welcome, Dr. Lazarus. Thank you, Shana. I've known you for almost the entire seven years. And so we've talked a lot about heart health over the years. And so now I'm glad we're having you on this podcast so you can tell our listeners all about heart health and specifically women's heart health too. I'm so delighted to be here to discuss this very important topic. Yes. Okay, well, let's let's go right into it. As just a general first step, what is heart disease? Heart disease, the commonest kind of heart disease is what we call coronary artery disease. And that is a buildup of bad fat or LDL cholesterol inside your arteries. And over time, the arteries will clog and give you some symptoms or a heart attack. Okay. Um, And what are maybe some early warning signs? Sometimes you don't have any warning signs. Those are called silent heart disease. Women particularly, we know that two-thirds of women who die of a heart attack never had any symptoms before. But sometimes you do have symptoms. I I would say most times you do have symptoms. And those symptoms could be what we call chest pain or angina, uh, a feeling of oppression in your chest, especially when you're active. Or it can be shortness of breath, or it can be a decrease in your exercise capacity, not being able to do what you could before. So there are different symptoms. And most importantly, if you feel something unusual, please be sure to check with your primary care physician. So, you know, you don't just suddenly have a heart attack. There are maybe some early, some of those early warning signs, but do people generally know they have heart disease before they have a heart attack? Is there certain indicators that you're at a potential risk? Absolutely. We have cardiac risk factors. and They are very, very, very important. And those risk factors are, as you can imagine, smoking, high blood pressure, being overweight or obese, not exercising, drinking too much alcohol, diabetes. So if you have any of these risk factors, you should be aware that you're high risk for heart attacks and strokes. So if you have these risk factors, and it is estimated that more than 54% of all Americans have at least one of these risk factors. So most of us are at risk. So if you have them, please check with your primary care doctor. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've heard you say over these many years we've known each other is so much of heart disease is preventable. Oh, absolutely. What I like to say is heart disease is almost completely preventable. More than 90% of all heart attacks and strokes are preventable if you do the right things. But still, start early. I would like to say start early in Mm -hmm. your good habits because I talked about the bad cholesterol and building up blockages of plaques. In American diets, it has been shown that that process can start as early as nine years of age. Okay. So don't wait. Start your healthy lifestyle changes as soon as you can. Okay. So we've kind of talked about general heart health for everyone. How is it different in women? That is a very, very important question, Shana, and a topic very dear to my heart. So we know that women can experience symptoms that are different from men. So in both men and women, chest pain is the commonest symptom of having a heart attack. 
But women can have some unusual symptoms like being excessively tired or having pain in your jaw, in your throat, in your neck, or nausea, vomiting, short of breath. So these symptoms may not be necessarily be picked up in an emergency room as being that of a heart attack. So we know that women are often underdiagnosed. They are about seven times more likely to be sent home with a heart attack than a man is. So we know about underdiagnosis. We know about undertreatment because sometimes women don't get the treatments that they need mm-hmm. for heart disease and under-researched because we know that a lot of the research is done in men and the notion was that women were small men. So that research is <laughs> extrapolated to women, which isn't always the case. So both men and women have traditional risk factors. And we talked about mm-hmm. that at the beginning of the broadcast, the smoking, the drinking, all of those. But women are very unique in that they have non-traditional risk factors. They can have pregnancy-related complications like eclampsia, or preeclampsia, or preterm birth. All of that places women at a tremendous risk for future heart attacks and strokes. And inflammatory disorders, we know that heart disease is from inflammation. And women, particularly who have lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or other inflammatory disorders, are at risk for heart disease. So those are some unique things in women that men don't have. You mentioned women are underdiagnosed often, misdiagnosed, sent away. What can we do as women to advocate for ourselves if we think something's not right? Yes, There is a campaign that says, make the call, don't miss a beat. So if you Mm -hmm. have any doubt that you're having a heart attack or a stroke, because in hearts we say time is muscle. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows that in strokes, you can have debilitating disabilities if you don't go on time. So make the call. Call EMS. It's okay to be sent home thinking that this is reflux, but it's not okay to be sitting at home with a heart attack or stroke. The other very important thing that I find surprising is that only about 54% of women know that heart disease is their number one risk factor for dying. So educating ourselves is very important. And then learning what our risk factors are. I am a very big proponent of know your numbers. You are your best advocate for your health. Ask your doctor, what's my blood pressure? What should it be? What's my bad cholesterol? Where should it be? And what's my A1C, the diabetic number? And what's my pump of the heart, the ejection fraction? All of these are important. So educate yourself on what your numbers are and where they should be. This goes a long way in preventing a heart attack and a stroke. When should we start getting those numbers? Is there an age? You know, we used to check cholesterol at 20. Now we are checking cholesterol as early as nine years of age. Oh, my goodness. Because I told you the plaque can build up very, very early. Yeah. So the best way to deal with that is to go to your primary care doctor and make sure you get your physicals on time. Mm -hmm. And if you have any questions about heart conditions, talk to your primary care physician and they will refer you to a cardiologist if they think it appropriate. Okay. All really good advice. So one thing that we've talked about too in the past, and now it's more important than ever and seems to be on everybody's mind is mental health and that there are effects, you know, physically from your mental health. So talk a little bit about how your mental health can affect your heart health. Mental health is so important. It has got intrinsic connections with your heart health. Now, if you're depressed or anxious, your levels of cortisol or the stress hormone in your body rises. So your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, you get more prone to inflammation, all of which can facilitate this plaque buildup that we have been talking about. 
We also know that people with anxiety or depression sometimes don't have the right coping mechanisms to deal with the stress. So they may revert to smoking or drinking or eating more or being physically inactive. And especially in the field of cardiology, we know that if you have a heart attack or stroke and have depression after, I mean, heart attack, stroke or bypass surgery and are a person with depression, you will do much worse than the patient who had a heart attack or bypass surgery who didn't have depression. Mm. So there are multiple ways in which mental stress can affect your heart. Well, and I would think you'd be stressed (laughs) and having trouble dealing with something that life altering of a heart surgery or something like that. And so definitely looking out for that after something like that so that you can catch it early. Absolutely. So talking with your doctor. Just like you said, Shana, immediately after having a heart attack, a bypass, it is okay to have negative feelings, fear, anxiety. But if it lasts more than two to three weeks, you know, then that's not right. So you need to talk to your primary care physician. Okay. Speaking of going back to women, I've heard you mention before, uh, women experience stress differently or it affects our heart in a different way too. Is there anything we should look out for, any knowledge or awareness you want to bring to that? You know, there are certain conditions that affect women disproportionately more severely, like diabetes, But one of the big factors is depression. Mm -hmm. So women have more negative effects from the depression. And I like to say that there are conditions other than the classic heart attack that can occur in women from stress and depression and anxiety. You've heard of the broken heart syndrome, Mm -hmm. that under emotional stress, and that 90% of those cases happen in women. Under emotional stress, the woman can have chest pain and elevation of the proteins being released from the heart and decrease in the pump function of the heart. That's called a stress cardiomyopathy. Mm -hmm. So women can react very negatively to stress in many ways. Okay. So have you seen an increase in people dealing with heart disease over these last two years? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's what's happening? What are you seeing? What we're seeing is an increase in anxiety and depression. You know, we're isolated. Uh, We don't have social contact. Now that's getting easier, but in the initial phases of the pandemic, we were isolated, no social contacts. And so the feelings of depression and anxiety rose very much. And then people, because they were at home and then working from home, sometimes reverted to the not so healthy habits. So all of those negatively affected us. And we have seen a immense increase in mental health problems, including uh, suicidal ideation and suicide risk. So all of this is extremely important during the pandemic. And we found that mental health services were disrupted, just like Mm -hmm. everything else. So all of this made an impact. As we are dealing with the anxiety and, and the continued stress of COVID and trying to get back on track with your health, what are some tips that we can give our listeners to be heart healthy? Remember when we started, Shana, I said that prevention is cure. So more than 90% of all heart attacks and strokes are completely preventable. If you make some simple lifestyle modifications, get moving. The heart is a muscle. So, you know, when you exercise your muscles, you get stronger. Mm -hmm. So when you walk, your heart gets stronger. Don't smoke or seek help for smoking. Cut back on the alcohol. Make sure your diabetes and high blood pressure are well controlled. Cutting back on salt is the first thing for high blood pressure. That's extremely important. Eating the right kinds of foods. And then um, if you have anxiety, depression, or stress, be sure to talk to your physician about it and be sure to maintain a healthy weight. You know, you don't have to make a resolution, I'm going to lose 25 or 50 pounds. 
just losing 5 to 10 pounds has positive effects on your heart health. So small steps in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do it all right away. No, you do not have to do it all. Yeah, and yes. it's just like, you know, as you said, the heart is a muscle. You have yes. to build it up. It doesn't yes. happen. Exactly, you know? exactly. Um, I know I find it's hard to stay motivated. It's hard exactly. to, you know, I try to remember. I hear you sometimes in my head, small steps. Let's small take steps. the stairs small today. Step. Let's take. Let's... Most people think they have to go to the gym. You don't have to. Yeah. You can walk at home inside your house. You can walk outside. You can climb stairs, Mm -hmm. which is excellent aerobic exercise. Any of those. Yeah. Small steps in the right direction. Yeah. I like that. Well, thank you for coming and talking with me today. A lot of really good information. If you want to find Dr. Lazarus, you can find her at AdventistHealthCare.com. And remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Lazarus. Thank you, you Shana. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Will you come back again and talk with us? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much.